Bo and Luke Nation, discover your leadership edge with Edge Leadership Academy. Their expert coaching transforms high performers into influential leaders. Whether in business or athletics, they tailor their approach to your unique journey. Embrace their mentorship and workshops to elevate your leadership skills. Join the ranks of those who lead with confidence and purpose. Visit edgeleadershipacademy.com to start your transformation. Edge Leadership Academy, where leaders are made. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Asherah listeners, welcome to another episode of the Asherah Podcast. I'm your co-host, Luke Kerrigan. I'm here with your other awesome co-host, Bo Brabo, and we're in person Again at the conference, so I get to actually look at Bo, which is great. Which doesn't you look you know. good? Hey, you look good. You look good. Thank you. Uh, we have the pleasure of having Becky Rowan with us right now. Becky is the Ashra president. So when you see all these awesome things going on, I think it's all you know because of Becky's hard work. Becky is a lifelong healthcare HR professional. Um, we just can't wait to learn from you. So welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So Asher president, walk me through what this entails, what you focus on. Um, yeah, just lay it on us because we're curious. Okay. Well, Asher is actually at a really uh, exciting and innovative time. So Asher has been around for a long time. And um, we've always kind of keep kept the people at the center, right? So we're always talking about how do we help our members? How do we create more um, awareness, networking, education, how do we keep that at the forefront for our members? Because working in healthcare is challenging. It is. It is. It's a unique industry. It is. Um, I would say, too, we, we've been noticing this. Um, it, it is kudos. We talked about it last night uh, after the dinner, just the market correction that healthcare has taken itself today, how well it's correcting and the innovation that uh, HR is doing with the people. Are you seeing that quite a bit as well? Yes. Yes. I think between COVID and then the workforce situation, you know, HR is front and center. And so we have such an opportunity to show up and to really help our organizations move forward. And like you said, that innovation has been necessary for a very long time. And so it's exciting to see this come together. It's super cool. It's super cool. So tell us a little bit about your journey, um, you know, before being Asher president. Tell us, uh, help out the folks that are going to be the next Becky. Okay. Well, um, it's twofold. Like you said, I've been a, a life, lifelong HR professional in healthcare. Um, started out in a smaller organization. My first job was a personnel manager. So I had that title. Um, but went into an organization that was very culture and people focused. And so very foundational to the rest of my career. Um, they focused on how people show up, how we treat each other, and set this tone of care and compassion that when you set that up front, you just inspire people to do more. And so they had exceptional results uh, for employee engagement. They had exceptional results for their patients and their communities that they served. And that was my first job. Wow. So you got, you got it at the ground level. So that I was did. instilled on you from day yeah. one. Yes, uh, Which is very special. Uh, so is that I imagine that's going through gone through your entire career and been a theme. It has. How you get results. It has. And I moved um, moved through my career and continued to find culture focused places that I could work at and that I could help to continue to put the people at the center. And so that's been kind of my my lifelong journey. And Ashra has been by my side almost since day one. I think I joined the local chapter about two months after I started my personal manager job. So. so 
Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I think that's a great point. So what have you found and what would you tell the audience? Some of the reasons why being part of participating in a local ASHRA chapter, what that does for you personally, professionally, Mm -hmm. uh, networking with other members, how do you see that playing out in a young HR professional's life or their career? I think it's essential. We were actually just talking about that this morning with a a group um, of people who've been involved in healthcare HR for a long time. And we were talking about it is its own niche and there's Mm -hmm. new people that are coming into it that may have had HR in other industries and it's not the same. And so ASHRA and, you know, all of these local areas are providing this level of information and education that's relevant to you in, in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And that's been by my side the entire time. The, the other part of it though, is the friendships, the relationships, the connections that you have, these people become mentors, advisors, and frankly, friends. Yeah. And so it really helps you to develop in your own career. I think that's great. I had an experience this past week. I had an opportunity to go speak to one of the local universities uh, near where I live in Pennsylvania. And it was the business school, and then they have an HR management club. So it was the club. I got to go speak to all their club members. And they're asking, you know, what do you, what do you think we should do in our careers? And one of the things I mentioned was, like, you might think at this stage, you're in school, right? You have no experience yet out in the HR world. And I said, HR is a great field, right? But it can be different from industry to industry. So my advice to them was, what are you passionate about? Think about the industry, not just human resources in general, but the industry, because it will be different. And if you can get some industry focus, something that you like and you enjoy, it will really help you be a better HR leader in the future. And I think you're right. It's just there's Mm -hmm. a lot of differences in healthcare that are important to know. Yes. For sure. And that's great advice. I think when you when you talk about people's purpose and how they show up in human resources, you, you know, they call uh, healthcare a calling. They say that there's a special purpose, a special type of person who's attracted to that because right. of the impact that you can have. You know that you're impacting the health of a community. That's a big deal. Right. hundred percent. And it's different people. I think that's, you know, that's another thing, right? It's, there's a certain type of people that work in different industries. So if you're doing HR and healthcare and you're dealing with clinical staff, non-clinical staff, patients. It's a different type of customer versus if you're in an IT world where there, you have a lot of developers or code writers, that's a different type of person. And, and who are you going to relate with um, the most? I think that's super, super critical. And ASHRA, what a great place if you're in healthcare, be part of ASHRA, your local Absolutely. chapter, get involved. Absolutely. And develop. Um, how do you, so I, I'm really curious for your response for this. How do you harness or tap into that, I don't know, healer mentality to go in with the shared values of folks to create like real, true, positive culture for the long term? Because when I think about culture, like that's where we see the home runs, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's a mission. You have shared values. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm not talking about like pizza parties or anything like that, right? Because that's not long term right. culture. So how do you or how have you done that in your career created no lasting culture? Oh, that's a great question. So I agree with you completely. I think culture lives in the mission, vision, values of the organization. Um, and there, there are some specific ingredients to that, right? I mean, it needs to be authentic. So if you have a people-focused culture and you're taking care of your people, you're taking care of each other and those that you work with every day, um, it makes all the difference in the world. And if you are focused on that and everybody shows up, you have this level of ownership and you have these champions that are breeding this culture in every moment. It's every touch point. 
And so um, what I've always seen is when you have a people people focused culture and you're taking care of your teams, you're going to inspire them to do more. You're going to inspire them um, and create these long lasting results that'll differentiate you from your from your competition. Great answer. Great yeah. answer. How do you keep um, leaders inspired as well? Because it's one thing like just from talking to you, I'm like, well, Becky's going to do a great job driving positive culture throughout the organization, right? Where it all falls apart is, you know, you have 10,000, 20,000 employees. How is that conveyed from a leadership level and then driven down so you get that consistency? That's a fantastic question. And I think that's kind of the secret sauce, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the things that I've seen is um, really trying to create an environment where everybody owns the culture. And mm -hmm. leaders have to do that authentically and they need to show up and demonstrate that with integrity. I mean, people will look through and they, they can tell whether or not you're genuine mm -hmm. um, with what you say you are. So if, you're, if your values say that you're relationship driven, then you need to show up and be relationship driven. I think the challenge with with leaders is that we all have so much on our plate. And so how yep. do you make that the priority? And I, I still believe that if you put the people first and you care for them, you're going to have a lot less running around afterwards, right? You're always going to have your checklist, but if you take care of your people, you're going to have trust and respect and people are just going to rise to the occasion. You're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely I think right. that echoes the sentiments of... Dr. Matt Premack, who we had on a previous episode, president of Advocate Condell Medical Center. And, and I thought he nailed that just like you did on as a leader. He's the president of the company. I have basically three jobs. I'm going to take care of my people. I'm going to give them the resources they need. And I'm going to tell them how thankful I am that they're on the team. Because that's it. I said, that's perfect. And mm -hmm. if that's emanating from the top down, yes, it's almost like you can't get it wrong. It, and it Agree. seems simple. But I know there's organizations that just, and I think what you said, there's a lot on everybody's plate and it just gets pushed to the side. It does. So how does. do you get those leaders to bring it in and make it a priority? I think part of it's also taking care of our leaders. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, we've, um, in my, in my history, we've spent a lot of time talking about resilience and how we're caring for ourselves and how we're mm -hmm. caring for each other. And it's not fluff. I mean, there, there's scientific proof that this works. Yeah. And I think making sure that we're taking care of our leaders. So what can we give them? What are the tools that we're giving them? And how do we help them to do things that are people-focused? Yeah. Reminding them to keep people at the center of all of their decisions mm -hmm. um, and just continuing to inspire them. Um, but we do have to find ways to get work out of their way. And I think that's, that's going to be the challenge in healthcare. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I, I want to call it out, too, because I, I think during the pandemic, as we saw cultures change, resiliency came up. Yes. Everyone talked about this, right? Well, I kind of want to take that culture and dotted line connect that to positive or negative revenue impacts on the health system itself. We all talk about, you know, the benefits for patient care. I think that's really obvious. And, you know, um, having a better life, like, you know, the relationship you have with the employer we just saw during the pandemic how much that affects the bottom line when you don't yes. have that culture or when things are going crazy. I think healthcare is getting to that point now where HR has the seat at the table and we're saying, well, no, this culture that we're talking about, which, you know, a decade ago might have been like the arts, I hate to say it, but like the arts and crafts of a business mm -hmm. is actually equaling billions of dollars in revenue for the organizations. Do you, have, are you seeing that change as well? I am. And I, I can say that I saw it in practice because people show up differently. And if they're, if they are burned out, 
they're going to leave or they're going to come in and they're not going to be able to perform as well. And so you see decreases in turnover, you see decreases in, um, actually even in work comp, right? I mean, you can, you can relay all of those things back to taking care of your teams. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you think we're overusing now because of COVID the word resiliency? Uh, yes, actually. Um, and I say that, um, even though I use that word all the time because Mm -hmm. it's, it, it speaks to my heart, but I do think that um, we have to keep focus on what it means. Yeah. And I think people have have a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth around that word because yeah. it's not about working more. Yeah. It's about how do I take care of myself so that I can show up and be present in yeah. all the different areas of my life. Yeah, there was an interesting, um, it was a LinkedIn post, April Hansen, president of AYA Healthcare. You know, mm-hmm. Asher, we're fully familiar with AYA Healthcare. And we she's talking about um, resiliency, right? And I, of course, had to comment because when you think of resiliency, it's a response to crisis and your ability to do that. Yes. So if you're an employer, even in healthcare, if a characteristic you're looking for in your advertising is resiliency, what are you telling somebody? You're telling somebody that they're going to come here and work in constant chaos, right? Is that the message that you want to <laughs> yes. portray? That's what they hear. <laughs> you <Yes>. know, <laughs> that's what they hear, right? So I think. I think COVID, because everybody was in crisis, mm-hmm. everybody, every company, healthcare, Absolutely. you name it, right? Even personally in your own homes, you were in crisis. How do we re- react to this? So if somebody didn't have any type of resiliency, they certainly have it today. They had to build something to get yes. through the past, you know, those couple of years. But I'm, I really believe that I agree with you. We got to really look at what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Is it something we need to re, you know, get out of using it all the time and, and explain what we really mean? Yes, I I think the word should change, right? It should Mm -hmm. be as like, as an employee, I would hear if somebody says resiliency, what I hear is suck it up and go to your job, right? Yes. Which is, but if it's not articulated the right way, that's what people are going to hear. Yeah. I think that's the importance in, even from a human resources perspective is messaging and how are things communicated? And you're part of that, which is why we've talked about in the past, the importance of, you know, you're part of the brand. You're putting a message out to your people, just like marketing's putting a message out to the community and the customers. You may be doing that internally or to candidates. You really have to be articulate and make sure you're using the right messaging and the right words. And how do you define them in your organization so that people understand them the way you want them to understand it? Right. Agree completely. Yeah. So what word can we use? No, I don't think it's a bad word. I I just think we could solve this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it just needs to be communicated on what you mean by that, right? If you want resilience as a characteristic, there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to also say, listen, that doesn't mean that you're going to come to work every day and want to pull your hair out because nobody nobody can last through that. No. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's the message. Well, it's a defensive word, I feel like. Like, it's like passion is you're playing offense, right? Like, if you're, you're playing offense, if you're passionate, you're out there doing stuff and making it happen. To me, when I hear resilience, it's like, Okay, well, I'm just going to play defense now, right? Uh, and it's tougher for me to get behind that. We're like yeah. when we say passion, so, I'm like, okay, I can jump in and do yes. this, right? But I think it goes back, and, and we don't mean to take up no your, your no, spotlight. Please. Spotlight's on you, but you've said it right. It's the leadership. Yes. So if it you're is. taking care of your people, mm-hmm. though, though your job take the emergency room department, the emergency department, it could be constant. It might be constant volatility, right? You yes. never know what's coming. So you have to have that characteristic. Mm-hmm. But then if you're if you're combating that from the leadership perspective is we're going to take care of you. Yes. We're going to give you the resources you need to do your job so you can feel confident that even when, yeah, 
it's trauma. When trauma is coming in the door and you have to deal with that, you're going to have everything you need. You're going to have the team you need. And we are incredibly grateful. We're going to show that to you for what you do every day. That's a different message than it's a very you got to be message. resilient because this yes. place is super difficult. <laughs> and you yeah. might have violent patients coming in. You never know. And people are going to be like, I don't know if that's what I want to sign up for. Right? No. That's a, it's the same job, same emergency department, but it's really how that gets communicated. It uh, is. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, one one thing I would add to that is when you go back to caring for your people and caring for those that you work with, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, everything you learn that's, and I'm doing the air quotes, resilience related, yeah, you can use everywhere. So True. it takes care of you holistically. So it's, okay, I'm learning this technique so that I can you know, calm myself when I'm under pressure. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be a conversation with your spouse, with your teenage child, or with a right. patient or a coworker. Absolutely. So those are things that go with you. And I think that's where it's authentically caring for somebody. And then they take that with them everywhere they go. That yep. just makes all of us better. Absolutely. And I think if you bring it full circle, it's why it's so important to be part of ASHRA for yes, healthcare HR absolutely. because you have other people not in your organization that you can talk to, yes. you can network with, you can find out how are you handling this at your organization. Mm-hmm. Someplace, even if you need to vent, right? Yes. You can vent and it's not internal to your organization and you can make these great relationships and keep yourself disciplined, motivated, inspired. Uh, it would make a world of difference. I agree. One of the one of the words that I think of when I think of how we can come together as HR professionals in healthcare is orchestrator. Right. We can be the orchestrators at ASHRA. We can share with each other. We can encourage others to bring and share their expertise. And then we can do the same thing in our organizations. And doesn't that just make us all better? I mean, we want healthcare to rise up together. You know, one organization isn't going to make or make or break this. We all need to rise up together in this. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Hundred percent. So we, good. We we appreciate every year everything you're doing with Ashra. I mean the conferences, the resources. I mean Bo and I obviously love it, right? Yes. Because we get to have these amazing conversations and help other people out. But like sincerely, thank you for all you do uh, to put all of this together. It must yeah. be uh, pretty satisfying just to see the result of everything, and you know coming in here to Charlotte, seeing the the name on the windows and things like that. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. We appreciate the partnership for sure. Um, and I would say Ashra has given me um, much more than I've given to Ashra. So I just, I look at it that way. Um, and I could not go through this conversation without also saying, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in healthcare HR, be a member, Yes, you know, join us. This is a great time for us to come together, for us to orchestrate, for mm-hmm. us to share, learn and grow together. And Ashra is the place to do that. Um, and for those that are involved, it is really rewarding to be involved with uh, the board, the committees. There's so many opportunities to make mm-hmm. a difference for your colleagues. And Amazing. so that's been really rewarding to me throughout my entire career. I mean, I've been involved with the board and committees and everything for a very long time, and I love it. Nice. That's so cool. Yeah. So before we let you go, what are some of the things that you and your fellow board members uh, are working on or looking to achieve your goals in the next year, the next two years, are there specific things that you could share with the audience that you're, you're excited about going forward? Yes, absolutely. So, um, Astra has been going through, like I said, kind of this transformational journey just like all of us in healthcare. So we're trying to figure out what do our members need? Mm -hmm. Your podcast is actually one of those things that when you think about how do we even bring people into healthcare HR, Mm -hmm. this tells people your why. 
It tells right. you and inspires you about why you would work in healthcare human resources. Yeah. Um, we're also looking at how we can give more information and more value to our members. And so there's so much information out there now, and we have such great connections mm -hmm. with some really amazing companies. And so we, uh, for example, we publish this um, labor report every year, and we've done mm -hmm. that for a while. Well, why can't we do that on other topics? There's so many, you know. Yeah. I'll just give this example. You know, when you look at some of the reports that some of the larger systems get, they partner with a company and they get this extensive report about the market and what's happening. Well, not everybody in our um, ASHA membership gets that. So can we partner with somebody that would share that with our ASHA membership? Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that we're doing. Um, one that's near and dear to my heart and is heartbreaking at the same time is we're partnering with... Um, it's IAHSS. So it's the uh, safety, Security and Safety Healthcare Association. Oh, wow. And we're partnering with them to talk about what can we do as security and safety in HR mm -hmm. to help our organizations. Because workplace violence is very real and yeah. very traumatic to our environment. And so we're coming together to talk about what we can do. And it's uh, very rewarding to be part of that. Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. That, that's super cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, for the last few minutes, uh, the floor is yours. We give everybody a chance to say whatever they want. So, Becky, let's hear it. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I would just say um, just to all of the, the HR uh, folks out there, remember to keep the people at the center. Mm -hmm. um, if you do that, you will always be going in the right direction. Um, and so keep that first and foremost. Uh, the workforce uh, challenges are requiring us to be leaders, to be innovators, and to be these orchestrators that I mentioned earlier. And please do that. Show up every single position in HR. You're in meetings. You're in discussions. You can be that champion uh, for this open environment and this innovative environment to move us forward. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I would also say, you know, we talked a little bit about resilience. We talked a little bit about burnout. What are you doing for yourself? You know, do things for yourself to fill your own bucket. You know, if there's something stressful in your work, what are you doing to offset that? Mm -hmm. What are you doing to create joy and, and kind of peace in your own space? Yeah. Because you can control that. Um, and then we already talked about this. If you're not a member of ASHRAE yet, please join. Um, and if you are a member, join the board or join the committees. It's incredibly impactful work. It really kind of brings you back to your purpose. And then I need to say thank you to you too. Um, I, I have been listening to some of your podcasts and honestly, they're very inspirational. Uh, they're very focused on why healthcare HR, what you can do, how you can make a difference and it's making a difference. Well, thank you. So thank that. you so much. I really appreciate your partnership well, with ASHRA. Oh, Likewise. for sure. We love it. We're so grateful every day. We're humbled by it. So thanks so much, Becky. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, of course. Well, ASHRA listeners, Becky Rowan, president of ASHRA. That's a wrap. We'll